Welcome to a very, very special English edition of our show Hemisphere Sound on Radio Campus. We received the amazing Angel Bat David that we interviewed just after a showcase at Ballad Sonore, one day before an, an incredible concert for the first Church of Sound in Paris, which took place at Église Sainte-Marie. We also talked with Cody McNeese, the man behind International Anthem, about Angel's success, the Chicago scene and its relation to the London scene. We leave you now with a few extracts from Angel's performance at the record shop. Hello, Angel. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for this uh, spiritual journey. Oh, great, thank you. It was really great. Um, it's great to have you here in Paris. Um, here we're going to talk a bit about your music. Um, it seems like you have a really DIY approach, you know, like uh, you self-produce mostly your album and you release it on tape or cassette, uh, which is quite DIY. <laughs> and um, yeah, how is it so important for you to to control the whole uh, whole process? Um, you know, it's not as um, thought out as that. It's not as strategic as like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's more of just being in the moment. And if I want to create something, I just use what I have. So I'm not gonna, and then it's also kind of uncomfortable to be in a studio sometimes, you know, because you're exploring new ideas and new sounds, and you're kind of vulnerable. So it's actually, um, you know, it's easier to, you know, just figure it out on your own first. Um, so all the songs on the album, a lot of them, it wasn't because I was making an album. That's not how it came about. I wasn't. They were just you know, songs that I had worked on for ensembles I was in. And, you know, some of them I had an idea. And they were just kind of sitting on my phone. It was a normal thing. It was a normal thing. Usually supernatural. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. You did it on your phone. How how do you do that? I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but it really isn't. We live in a very, you know, technologically advanced society. And I started uh, producing and doing hip hop beats like in the early 2000s. And that's when like home studios were becoming really big. Like you could go to, you know, a computer store and get some computer program, home studio thing for $30. You know, and I was fucking around with those things. And then, um, but you, you learn that all of those uh, programs are the same interface. 
You know, people just fall in love with something that they like and they think is best, but all of them, like, audacity, they're all the same. Whether you use audacity or pro tools, no one's going to know the difference. I'm telling you, no one is. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I liked audacity. I didn't have enough money for pro tools. But I was like, let me see if there's an app that's a multi-track recording app. There's hundreds of them. I literally didn't even pick a fancy one. I was like, I just picked the first one that I saw and I downloaded on my phone and because I already knew how to use all those interfaces, Fruity Loops, Reason, all that, I knew how to use them all. It just, it's just the natural progression of technology that something that was, you needed like these big computers 60 years ago and now it's like in, your, in the palm of your hand, like it, sh it shouldn't seem like a big deal. Like I'm, I'm surprised that more people aren't doing it. You know? It's make an album on your phone. It's free, I didn't have to pay nobody. I could just like, boom, and, and then, a lot of them had like great, um, like I did it mostly, I had, I had an iPhone and an Android. And the iPhone uh, microphone is great. Like I didn't even have a special mic for that shit. And then like, I was even I was even using like crappy headphones, like where one headphone wasn't working. I, I had nothing special. I just used what I had and um, I liked it. It didn't really matter if anyone else liked them, they, they're, it's my diary written my way. We like it. I'm surprised. I mean, I'm, I am, because I was like, well, you know, when it came out, I was like, I didn't think that I would get such a, uh, I didn't think I would be in Paris nine months later. You know, <laughs> I didn't think that. It's literally like nine months later, I'm in Paris, and I just can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, the reception is quite amazing. Um, so yeah, can you tell us about the idea behind uh, the record and and uh, how you live this um, this incredible uh, reception? Like? Oh, I'm I'm really really loving it. Um, but really, you know, it's really outside of myself. I just say, um, you know, a lot of I've heard this saying that the definition of luck is preparation meets opportunity. All right. The opportunity arise that my good friend, Scotty McNeese is my good friend, first and foremost. You know, I knew he had the record label and I love everything International Anthem is doing on their label. But uh, me and Scotty, we play together music. He's a drummer. Yeah, he and told us before. Him and, and Dr. Zanalini, who's here playing with me tonight, and another one of our friends, Garadani, were in her band. And um, that's how we were friends. And so I never... I never wanted to be like, hey, Scotty, listen to my... That never even crossed my mind because I'm like, no, we're friends. This is just about us playing music. But I had, um, I was playing a lot in the city and I was kind of forming different ensembles together and exploring different things. And he would come to a few of my shows and out of nowhere, he was like, man, Angel, me and me and uh, Dave, who's a, his partner, we want to do an album with you. I was like, for real? I was like, okay. He's like, well, what do you have? Do you have anything? Do you want to do a whole new album? Do you have some songs? I was like, yeah, I got some songs. You know, and then all these songs are songs that I've I'd recorded off and on, like with my travels. Like London, I was actually in London when I recorded that. You know, Cape Town, I was actually in Cape Town. These were just all just that. And I sent them, he sent him these, and he was like, I was nervous because I'm like, man, I don't want no one judging me. I don't want to be like the sound quality stuff. I didn't want to hear that shit. And he didn't. He was like, Angel, these are cool. We like them. I'm like, really? This is why I love International Anthem because it's a label that is um, 
listening to wants the world to hear something different, wants it to be more personal, wants me to be myself. And because I was also nervous about signing to to a label too, even though it was my friend, I was just like, "What does that mean? Do I have to be a certain way? Do I have to change who I am?" And it's actually the opposite with international. It's like the more that you are yourself, the better, which is how everything should be. And really, all you're hearing is me be myself. That's it. There's no concept. There's no I'm trying to sound like this. Mm-mm. I'm just being myself, and that's why I'm very appreciative of the response um, when people ask me to sign their records or I get like a great amount of love and encouragement on social media. Like I get messages from people all over the world who've heard the album, and it's always so deep because I'm like, wow, I was just in my room by myself, and now, you know, people all over the world. Like one guy from L.A., he hit me up on Instagram and he was like me and my girlfriend we were having problems in our relationship and we didn't know what to do and we both started listening to your album and for whatever reason it's healing us I'm like what (laughs) you know and I and I take the time because I feel like you know if people are taking the time to listen to my music then I definitely try to take as much time as I can to um, answer people back so whoever listens if you hit me up on Instagram I'll probably write you back I probably (laughs) more than likely will She's um she's a force. I mean, she just spreads so much positive energy, and and I've never met anybody who has such. I mean, everybody has their limit, and I'm sure she does too. But you know, I've known her pretty intimately for years now, and I have yet to see her reach her limit. She just seems to have an ability to keep reaching deeper down and coming up with more like love energy, and it's like it never stops flowing with her. And I mean, she's a gift to the world, and I think I just hope that people can really appreciate what they get when they, you know, get to be in, just to experience her energy, you know. In some ways I'm incredibly, totally freaked out, surprised by this, in other ways I'm not at all, you know. I mean, Angel changed my life in a profound way and, and I kind of the whole idea behind her label was if certain music can change my life, I have to believe it can change other people's lives, so there's got to be more people out there that feel the same way I do, I don't know, maybe. Uh, and Angel was perfect proof of that, you know, she was, hadn't released anything as an artist. She was relatively unknown in some, by some people's standards. And we were like, well, hopefully people like this. We like this. 
and we kind of put it out there just like we put it out real quick because she was playing i had put together a chicago showcase for winter jazz fest in new york last january on like the january 10th or something like that and it was like december 27th i was sitting in angel's studio and we were like decided to release this music before winter jazz fest just so there was something in the air before she played and it was like january 3rd we released it and then literally it was immediate like everybody caught on it was it was i've never seen anything like that yeah, it's crazy it's, it's, everybody mojo afropunk yeah, pitch for everything was just, everybody was just like we want to cover this and it was just like okay yeah. <laughs> i think it's just her the part of the magic that she brings is i think people it's intangible it's like another dimension of communication you know it's, it's not that easy music like I mean, oh, I, I love it, but know, some some tracks are quite like you know, yeah, it's free but, but like it's, free jazz, not like close to free jazz, you know. That's what I'm saying. I think that that just it just goes to show you that it's not it's it's not really about the notes at all. It's about it's like personality and spirit is more important than anything. And that the good thing about jazz is when, when the better that people get at performing their instruments the closer they get to being able to communicate what their true spirit is. talking a lot about the, the London jazz scene, you know, jazz not jazz, I don't know what. And you have a track uh, that's called uh, London, you say. So you went there. Um, yeah, how was the, your your journey there? Because we are interested in the, in the London jazz and the Chicago scene too, but yeah, how did you go there and who did you meet? Like, um, Yeah, so I had already heard the buzz about what was going on in London. A friend of mine who's a DJ, um, DJ King Hippo, he's a good friend of mine. He has a radio show in, in, in Chicago. And he's like, oh, you got to hear this Shabaka Hutches and Ancestors. I was like, what? He's like, here, listen to this. I was like, what? I was like, where? He said, London is popping. I was like, what? So it was already in my head. I was like, so I kind of went on a YouTube journey and I was looking up all these names, Ezra Collective and Dubai Garcia and Dion Cross. I was like, yo. And I was just vibing with everything. And um, I just loved how it wasn't jazz that you were just sitting on your ass. Like you were getting up and feeling pumped. Just like the same vibe that was happening in Chicago. And um, so International Anthem, They were having this thing. Oh, we're gonna do this show in London where, because a lot of the the uh, international anthem artists were already in Europe anyway, and so he's like, oh, let's do a, you know, London meet Chicago thing. Yeah, dude, with Makaya. Yeah, with Makaya, and I was like, cool. And I saw the, I saw them posting it on on Instagram and Facebook and shit, and I was like, damn, that's around my birthday. I was like, Angel, why don't you go? I was like, yeah, I should go to that. You know, just to go, I was like, it's my birthday. I'd never been to London, and I've always wanted to go. And then I also looked at the schedule. The Art Ensemble Chicago was performing in London on my birthday. I just felt like it was like all the signs telling me. I was like, let me look up tickets. I'm like, 
damn, it's not that expensive to go from London to Chicago. So I was like, I'm just going to go. And I told Scotty. He's like, Angel, you're coming? I'm like, yeah, I'm just coming just to go. He's like, wow. And then um, Ben Lamar Gay. We're all good friends in Chicago. Ben Lamar Gay was performing. I was like, Ben, I'm coming. He's like, what? Are you bringing your clarinet? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you want to play in my set? I was like, what? And then Jamie Branch is also on the label. I, I just met her, and she was like, you play clarinet? Wait, you coming? You want to play in my set? I was like, it was just like everything was pointing to me to go. And I was like, not only do I get to go to London, get to hang out with all my friends. My friends want me to play, and then I get to meet everyone who had been, you know, Whatever. So it was like this great experience. I get my Airbnb and they have a piano. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, I have to compose something. And what you hear on the album, that's London sat on my phone. I didn't even show it to anyone. I never showed it. It was just my little treat to myself when I ever wanted, whenever I wanted to think about how, how good of a time I had. Like, it was amazing. Like, I heard great music. I met all these new friends. You know, it was just it was just such a good time. So when you hear that, just know that was like my secret little, oh, London. You know, that's all it was, you know. So the songs come about more like that than I, like I'm trying to make up. It's more, it's actually real life. It's my real life. It's not a phony. I'm not turning something on, performing, and then hopping off and being someone else. all the time this is just me you can see <laughs> yeah i'm like this is just me being me amazing are you going back to london next week yeah i can't wait to play london in london like yeah off. we play it uh we're playing actually on saturday um on the 16th um in and scott told us are you gonna uh, be at the studio at the total refreshment center we sh we're gonna interview alex tomorrow oh. Alexis, yeah Alexis blonda and so yeah you're working on new new project there So it sounds amazing for you. Yeah, my whole uh, approach to composition and things, because I haven't, you know, I haven't had time to sit down and think, but I have to sit in, like, meditation and prayer about everything I do. I don't do everything. I don't do anything without doing that. without meditating and praying about it. I pray and then I move. And um, I was like, I took my time with it and um, I pray and I got the answers of what I need to do next. Yeah, I know exactly what I need to do. When you take that time to just slow down, it's just like crazy, we live in this crazy wacky world. Everywhere's rushing around. For what? I gotta get to work on time. Why? Why are you like like having a heart attack about getting to work on time and cutting people off and, and flicking people off on this? Why? Just slow down. You are gonna eventually get to work. And actually, if you slow down, you're gonna get there, you're gonna be more calm, and you're gonna be more productive, which means more money. 
Like, if we would just slow the fuck down, we would make more money instead of, like, you know, I intentionally do it now. Like, every time I feel in the rush, I'm like, oh, that means I can walk slower. I'm not rushing anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting that energy on anything. Chill, you do it your own way, and it works. Just fine. It works out better. There's a different clock. It's called divine time. We've been under this Western time for way too long, and it's weird. You know what weird stands for? Western, educated, industrialized, rich, democracy. It's fucking weird. I'm sick of it. When I just go with divine time and nature, everything works out for me. When I try to be weird, shit gets weird. Shit's weird. I'm really sick of it. I am. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. True, yeah. It's weird shit. We hear a lot about about it uh, from here. How is the scene there, in Chicago? How is it going? <laughs> It's, I mean, it's wonderful. It's a city full of people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different um, traditions, and uh, it's really a melting pot of different kinds of music. And you know, it's not like it's not so much like a singular community as much as it's a fabric of different communities and. Uh, a lot of there's a there's an there's an atmosphere of collaboration there that is really special with a lot of interesting different people doing interesting things and very willing to uh, go outside their comfort zone and experiment with new ideas as a community of musicians it's very focused on it's f focused on craft and collectivity and collectivism uh, more so than what you see in other cities in America you know in New York a lot of musicians there's a lot of really wonderful things happening in New York as well but a lot of musicians have to hustle their ass off just to make a living you know and in Los Angeles there's so much of an industry there that you know musicians don't go out and play gigs they're not taking as many risks there as they are with Chicago you're kind of in a safe space for for experimentation and And I think the the long term result of that has been it's it's become a community of musicians who really embrace people who are trying new things and they support each other in trying those things and it's it's more about who is who is being most ambitious and most creative and less about um, who is executing in a way that's marketable or commercially viable. So I think that that's that's one of the the simplest ways to put what I think makes Chicago special. Um, and also it just comes comes on a tradition there. Some of the musicians that we work with are like third generation avant-garde players. Yeah. So it's quite a strong uh, legacy. People take it real seriously. People, um, they take care of the, of the music in a way that they know that they're part of something 
special and that, um, you know. That heritage changed my life. It was like the missing ingredient to my musicianship. Because I was classically trained. I've always played music since I was a little girl. Went to college. It's clarinet major. It was all classical. And I loved it. But there was like something missing and I just never knew really what it was or I wasn't really accepted in the circles even though I was working my ass off and learning all my scales and, and reading so well. Um, and I think a, a lot of it, I'll just be honest, just has to do with racism and no room for black artists. You know, it's automatically assumed it's okay for me to be a singer. Oh, they want me to be Whitney Houston. Oh, they want me to be, hey, look at that mom sing. They want that. But don't come up in here playing keys and playing clarinet, and no one will take you seriously. And so um, it's very discouraging and disheartening, you know. And like the more and more I was getting advanced in my studies, the less and less black people I saw. And I'm like, why is that? I don't want people to really think about. It. Don't answer it. Just be like, why is that? That's weird. It's weird. Remember, weird shit. You know. And so um, I moved to Chicago when I was a teenager. My family moved to Chicago area when I was about 16. And I went to college and I was still doing music, but music started becoming uh, secondary in my life because, you know, life happens and you work and you're growing up, got your own spot. And um, things just got really miserable for me because I was like, I am making money, but I hate my life because I'm not doing music full time. I was like, I need to do it all the time. And so the first thing I did was change my mind. I started changing my mind. I'm like, no. 100% of my life should be me doing what I choose to do, not me getting up and going to work for somebody else. And blah, blah, blah. I started changing my mind. And nothing worked at first. It didn't seem like anything was happening. But after I started putting repetition in my mind, like, no, 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 I want to do what I choose. I want to do what I choose. Life started moving around. Like, little things would happen. I'm like, oh, oh, this would happen. So um, things started moving around about 2014, hardcore. Where, like, enough is enough. I couldn't go to that job anymore, and I quit. And I was like, I'm just going to be an artist for a year. And it was in that year that I discovered the Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians. I started going to all these jam sessions in the city, and there was people who were part of that community. And they were like, have you ever heard of ACM? I was like, no. And someone gave me a book called A Power Stronger Than Itself, which is a book on ACM, like the story of it, written by George Lewis, who's a trombonist, experimental musician, family. Like, uh, And I had the opportunity to meet him. Um, but I read the book, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is me. Like, I didn't know, like, when I was playing off and I was like beating myself up about it. That wasn't off, it was out. Like I, all my music, everything that I've ever done in life, the way I dress, the way I think, has always been outside of the box and I would try to fit in and people would make fun of me and then I'd be like, well, why, what's wrong with me? And then when I read the book, I was like, oh, I'm this. I felt like I found like the people who were like me because a lot of the, the members from the story was like, you know, they didn't want to play what was in the club all the time. They wanted to experiment with other things. And so um, I, it was also the 50th anniversary of them that year. So there's all these events around the city. So um, being in Chicago with all of those different types of uh, influences, and then they're so accessible, you know, like 
they'll come in town. You can go to the show, and you know, I even took my book to. This was uh, Muhal Richard Abrams, who's one of the founding members. Him and Roscoe Mitchell were performing at at this spot in Chicago, and I was like, oh, it was like right after I read the book, and I was like, oh my gosh! So of course I went, and I went with Adam, and um, I had I went up to rest in peace to to uh, Muhal. And I brought my book, and I told him, like, thank you so much. He doesn't know I'm a musician or anything. I just told him this book was really life-changing for me. And he signed, and as he was signing, he's looking at me, he's like, if you take care of the music, it will take care of you. And I was like, okay, okay. I was like... The teacher has spoken and has blessed my life. And and I've really been just um, living off of that quote, you know, because I don't know. It's I don't know how I'm being taken care of. All I know is they said, take care of the music. And for me, taking care of the music is being authentically myself, um, playing the music every day, valuing it, listening to the records. You know, all of that. Like, it's all, there's all so many important ways that I take care of it. And it's taking care of me. It is. And you take care of us playing your amazing music. And so, yeah, it's incredible. Chicago, yeah, you released a mix with um, by Makaya McCraven a few years ago called uh, Where We Come From, the connection between uh, Chicago and London with the artists such as uh, Theon Cross, Baya Garcia, Drummond Jones that we talked about on the last show, which uh, still is on UK jazz or the new face of jazz, if it's even jazz. Um, And it's an amazing piece of music I've been listening today, and I forgot how how incredible it was, and um, so so lively. So congrats on the on this this uh, this mixtape. But two years after the release, um, how this connection uh, going? It's still going, London, Chicago. Literally 10 minutes ago, I was having a glass of wine and eating cheese with Lex who runs Total Refreshment Center. That's why we were late. <laughs> I mean, I had to, I had to unwind, you know? Uh, I mean, he's become a very good friend. I mean, I think the crux of what made that collaboration special was, um, is just, there was, a, there was a camaraderie from the beginning, you know? There was, we, we showed up at Total Refreshment Center, there was like 12 or 15 of us from Chicago, and it was an immediate family. 
affair, and everybody felt good. The vibe was really beautiful. Um, everybody was ready to create. It was like, uh, it was very, everybody's approach to um, just cultural productivity. People were ready to like, ready to do something. And, um, and you know, the record really kind of, I guess is kind of like our best effort to kind of encapsulate that spirit of collaboration. And so two years later, yeah, I mean, Lex is here right now because tomorrow night in Paris, he's putting on his first ever Church of Sound here, and he chose to do it with Angel Bataweed, who's an artist from our label, who was present for the first Chicago London, even though she's yeah. not on the record, she was there hanging out. She oh. came with us from Chicago to hang. And that's when she met a lot of the London folk. And, you know, so he comes here to do Church of Sound. And then in, in London next week, we're doing an event together with some of the artists from his from his label and the London family and some of the artists from Chicago. And we'll be staying at TRC, uh, Total Refreshment Center. We'll be staying there for a week. We're recording Angel Batawi's next record there. Last fall, we went back to London to record Jamie Branch's next re record that just came out. So it's kind of becoming an annual thing where a bunch of us from Chicago go to London and we just take up residency at Total Refreshment Center and we just try to make something. And, and I think the result, I mean, right now we're two for two, like the Chicago and London mixtape was beautiful. And then Jamie Branch's record that we just released was, you know, that couldn't have happened anywhere else. It happened at TRC in London. So. And th do you think there is a, a next one, Chicago, London uh, mixtape? Maybe. We'll see. We don't really know what we're going to do with Angel this coming week. Um, we just know that we have the studio booked at TRC and we're recording with Angel, but we don't know what it's going to be. So for all, for all intents and purposes, that's going to be the next one. It might not be called that, but it's, it's something. I mean, even like last summer, I probably had... 10 different guests from London stay with me. You know, Lex came and stayed with me. Emma Warren stayed with me in Chicago. Tina Edwards from London stayed with me in Chicago. Fabrice Bourgeau, who lives at yeah. TRC, stayed with me in Chicago. Um, we had late night jam session, hang with Sons of Kemet were in town. Like, it was like them and Angel and Makai and Junius and all of us. We just hung out late and played music together. And it's like, there's a thing, man. It's, it's, um, People have really embraced the connection, I think. Sounds like a cool family. Yeah. And um, how is the connection in, uh, in Paris? Is it, it's coming. <laughs> I guess, yeah, we'll find out. You know, we, we came here last fall to do a showcase at New Morning. We did two nights at New Morning. It was uh, Makaya and Ben Lamar Gay the first night. The second night was Jamie Branch and Irreversible Entanglements. Um, and, you know, it was, I think, one of the things that we, we did differently here last fall that we did two years before at uh, TRC was when we did our showcase here, we didn't put any artists from France or from Paris on the show, and I think that was kind of a mistake. I think that um, it would have been wise of us to actually make it more of an effort to connect with working artists here. Um, and uh, so I don't know, you know, we did that, and I don't really feel like we really kind of connected on a deep level with many folks here. Um, other than, you know, Damien and, and Dominique, yeah. uh, you know, we got along great. and. Um, But yeah, I think that it's exciting to be back here to see, I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's relationships to be had here. I mean, this is a beautiful city and it seems like it's ripe for art. So I, I don't know. We'll find out. And yeah, I see Colors is about to release an album oh, right. with uh, Makaya. Yeah. And also Junius Paul's on that record too, yeah. which is another artist from our label. Um, yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, yeah, with those guys, man, I mean, they're doing their thing here too. And, you know, I'm rooting for them and I'm happy to be in any way supportive and affiliated with them. Um, 
so yeah i'm excited for them so we'll see i mean i don't know i mean the whole idea the whole name of our label international anthem it's not necessarily maybe it's becoming literally true you know like countries but the whole idea was that we were uh, trying to embrace uh, unity and diversity and I think that you know traveling the world and meeting new collaborators and trying to create with people and be you know that's that's the that's the concept so so yeah I mean I think it kind of comes down to like as a facilitator I'm working with artists who are working inside of an improvisational craft work and when you're an improvising artist, you're, the music that you make is ripe for collaboration. And it's you know, part of that pursuit for any of the artists that we work with as improvis in, improvisational artists is um, the way that their craft expands is by c collaborating with different people and new people and trying out what they do. Um, and in trying out, you know, communicating with someone for the first time when you barely know them and play just playing music together. Um, so I think, I think it comes down to the fact that we're working with jazz artists and I see this as a very productive, viable and fun way to facilitate what they're doing. And, I, and it's exciting to go to other places and meet other artists who are working inside of an improvisational musical craft work who are excited to form those kinds of, you know, connections and communions as well. So. And yeah, about jazz, like you don't come from jazz, you come from, from rock mostly. In the end, it's just music. Yeah. Like that's the thing. And that's what everybody needs to understand. I think there's many different approaches to music, but people get so caught up in like, I think it's kind of left over from the way that we've been conditioned to uh, associate ourselves with media. And this goes back to probably the beginnings of TV and recorded music where as a, as a young person, you're adolescent and you're trying to d kind of figure out who you are. And you're just like, who am I? Am I a rocker? Am I like a like a beatnik? Am I like a jazzer? What what kind of person am I? And and when you're young, you you tend to associate yourself. You build a lot of your identity around what kind of music you listen to, and I think a lot of so a lot of what's happened is industries and 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 people who are marketing things to us have decided that they want to completely divide up all these genres and just try to focus on subgroups and whatnot and I think that at some point along the way a lot of people lost sight of the fact that this is just music and the more that we silo these genres the less uh, the less evolving we're gonna do you know and the less the less enjoyment we're all gonna get out of music so 
Uh, yes, I started off as a musician who primarily played other styles of music, but in the end, this is m me playing my instrument. And that's what I tell people all the time. They say, oh, you're a musician, but now you run a record label. I'm like, yeah, I used to play drums, and now I play a record label. Like, this is my instrument. This is the art. This is the craft that I've chosen. Um, these are all these are just different communities and within the community of, of rock and punk music performers drums was what i had to contribute and now like within this community of artists what i have to contribute is like my facilitation and the ideas that i bring and my ability to to help people so i think that um you know i didn't abandon one genre for another i'm just i'm just interested in in being myself in different circumstances do you see it play sometimes I still play, actually. That's how I met Angel Bat-Dawid, actually. She and I played in a band together um, for a singer singer and songwriter and a pianist named Giradani, who's wonderful. And we and Angel and I still play with her sometimes. Um, and that's when I first met Angel and, you know, just became totally enamored with what she does and was like, I want to put out a record with you. So, Yeah, as you say, just music. And some people, like, just don't even want to call it jazz because it just narrowed down to like a genre and whatever people need to say to like help them understand what's happening I, I'm fine with it jazz not jazz new jazz whatever I don't really care I think that you need we need language to be able to communicate with each other like so whatever like I don't know what bonsoir means but I know that when I see you here in France I say bonsoir you know <laughs> I don't know what that means <laughs> Uh, but that's just, you know, whatever. Jazz is, is the word that's working for people. I think that when it comes to uh, the kind of hype in the media that is around the new resurgence of jazz, like, um, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. I think that um, trends, media can kind of manufacture and, and also they can, create, they can create trends in music that have the, have the potential of, of like, destroying that art form but i think jazz in particular as a, as a craft-based art form is more immune to that kind of burnout because it's based on craft these are musicians who've been working their whole lives to be good at their instrument and five years ago five years from now even if jazz quote-unquote jazz isn't hip anymore they're still going to be amazing musicians and it doesn't matter it's like so i'm not worried it's not like it's not like a you know drum and bass or something or drum and bass is great too but no, nothing against that but like It's like these things; those things are a little bit more prone to like overexposure and overhype. But we're talking about something that is, you know, it's just it's based on someone's ability to play music, and it's based on craft. And those things are more timeless, I think, and they're more immune to trends. Yeah, maybe do you have a one record that that changed your life? Oh. It's hard. I don't know. It's hard. It's very hard. But I'll tell you, like, one of my treasure records that, that really, really changed me was um, Albert Eiler's album, Music is the Healing Force of the Universe. Because it starts off with, it's like, how oh, this is crazy. He melts your brain with this, and then there's, there's vocals, and then he's even playing the bagpipe on there. Um, but music is the healing force of the universe. Music is life. Music is the spirit. Like when I heard it the first time, I was like, ah! I was like, my body was like, yeah. That's and then when I got, I have a, I have an original. You know, it's on impulse. I have an OG, like not a reissue. I got the OG. That's yeah. That's one of my like 
treasures, but I got some treasures here. Ah! Yeah, we so fresh. Yes, I love my records. They're, they're my university. Like, I listen to them. You're not going to learn this music at the university. They may teach you the scales. They may teach you how to. Like, it's just like going there and getting like a car manual, you know? But you know the car manual ain't driving. That's not how you drive, you know? Uh-uh. If you really, really want to learn this music, improvise music, and if you're not listening to records, you don't know what it is. All of the universities in the records. And what we forget is that everything that we have here, like this recording device that we're, is an example of what's already here. This thing is not as powerful as this thing. The only thing, this, the only reason why this thing is weak is just like every muscle in your body. If you don't use it, what happens? It gets weak. It's just human. You know what I mean? If I don't use a muscle, it starts to weaken. So, you know, we have to get more into the habit of of using our inner recording devices. And if you don't want to trust yours, get someone else. Hey, come here. Can you memorize this this phone number with me? Can you memorize this sound for me? I did it this morning. I had some songs that come to me. And I went to all my friends. I was like, hey, guys, my phone just died. Can you, help, can you record this song for me right quick? It goes like this, and they record it. So now it's in their heads. So now I know, like, if when I'm ready to do it, Let's start using this more and not Alexa. She don't know what the fuck she's talking about. She don't. We know more, you know? Fuck Alexa. Yeah, fuck Alexa. Come on. All right. Fuck Alexa. Conclusion. Conclusion of the matter. Fuck Alexa. Thank you and Joel. It was amazing. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a great tour. And uh, yeah. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Spirit to the church. Wait, to the church we go. Get me uh, to the church on time. Uh, take it easy. Bonsoir. One last one for... Uh, bonsoir. Bonsoir. Whatever that means. <laughs>